I hope everyone's doing well during during this time. I I wanted to, I wanted to just um, you know say a few words before we get started here. I you know I I, I don't know. I just feel like you know with, with everything that's going on, I, I first just want to thank everyone here who's just been so supportive, so creative, and just thinking about ways of how to continue to serve the church, continue to connect with one another, just seeing how the different you know Bible studies the um, the relief team and um, all the different ways that I just seen, um, you know, everyone here just continue just to really support one another um, and be there for one another as a family. Um, and, you know, you guys will hear from me a lot today, but I, I do would love to love to hear how, I, how all you guys are doing. So, if, you know, during this time when we're, you know, when we're still apart and uh, we're all at home, um, if, there's ever, if you guys do need, you know, to talk to myself or talk to Hanley, um, we're available for you. Um, we're here. We have, you know, we have everything online and we can um, we continue to talk and continue just to be able to check for you guys the best we can. Um, I guess I'm just going to say a verse to kick, get us started off here. Um, this is a passage that um, if I was to preach a video sermon uh, during this time, uh, Whitman from this passage. Um, I'm not quite sure if they're gonna let me preach on the preach, record myself, and put it up on Sundays or not. Um, but here's the passage that I was just thinking of a lot, especially once uh, the whole you know safe at home initiative started. From Second Corinthians chapter one, starting from verse three. And Paul's writing this. He says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort." who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And I share this passage because we see here that God is a God of comfort during this time, even during a time of affliction. Um, but, but we see here the purpose of why we receive comfort from God. It's, it's not just a hoard all the comfort for ourselves, but to be able to comfort others who are in affliction as well. And we comfort them not with just ourselves, but we comfort them with what we've been comforted with by God. In other words, we give them God, the God of comfort. And so I encourage you guys to continue to remember who God is and continue to point each other to this great God of comfort. Uh, with that, um, I don't know. I guess I hand it back to Calvin. Do you guys you want to kick us off with word of prayer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll pray for us as people come in. I just look at the questions. You guys are very last minute. There's like double the questions since I submitted it. Since I submitted the post at like six, so we'll do our best. Uh, we'll see how much we can go. But yeah, why don't I pray for us and then we'll have a time of fellowship together. So let's pray. Uh, gracious Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to be able uh, to come together now on this Thursday night, Lord. God, I myself, amongst a lot of us, just miss so much of this fellowship of this group. And to be able to come together, spend time, and just ask this Q&A question, Lord, is so nice. It's so refreshing. And I pray that the answers from all the funny ones to the serious ones uh, to whatnot, Lord, that is Gabe, sh Gabe shares and uh, to us, that it can be not just funny and encouraging, but really uh, convicting for us as well as we get to know one another, spend time with one another, and most importantly, as a body and fellowship, 
uh, see how we can not just have comfort for ourselves, but comfort others around us. So may this time be a blessing, whether people are just listening to herein or they're studying or whatnot, that this can be a blessing time for them and a ease for their hearts. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. Dang. All right. We got more people. Okay. So to give a little uh, start off for this, uh, if you guys are just joining in, uh, if you have any questions you would like to ask, feel free uh, to type in the, the discussion box or the chat box uh, on Zoom. I'll take a look at that. As we're progressing forward, uh, we have a lot of questions. I've done my best uh, prior to put them and filter them into specific categories, preset, and then I'll be asking Gabe on those type of questions. So a lot of these questions uh, I'm looking at, like are really funny, they can be very random, all the way to very, very serious. And uh, it's also some questions about Gabe's favorite things, the faith questions, to things about COVID-19. Uh, but first off for Gabe, uh, for one of the first questions, this is an easy uh, icebreaker one. Someone asks, um, would you consider yourself a fast, safe, or okay driver? Well, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> um, I'm pretty... Uh... <laughs> I find my, I think I'm a really good driver. <laughs> Anyone disagree? I'm just kidding. Um, I, um, I am, I'm fast when I drive by myself. I don't typically drive as fast when I'm carrying other people. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I say I'm, I, I guess I trust myself the most when I drive mm -hmm. pretty much because I think I have the best sets of directions. Mm, okay. I actually agree with that since when I traveled with you to Portland, this guy, I'm not joking, he does not like using Google Maps and his sense of direction is pretty keen. It actually inspired me to not use Google Maps. So I, I concur that's the truth. Thank you. Um, all right, so so now and again, I'll, I'll put some nice icebreaker questions just to, to break the mood. But yeah, the first topic that we have is on COVID-19. A lot of you guys ask questions on regarding towards that. So. Yeah, the first question someone asks is, what have you been doing during quarantine? Uh, school. <laughs> uh, school has been pretty much the main thing I have been doing. Um, all the classes are online, like all your schools in California, or pretty much in the U.S. and around the world, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've just been doing that. I've been cooking a lot, Ooh. so I've been, yeah, I've touched a lot of things that I haven't touched in a while, um, and um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I've really just been busy with school. That's good. That's I good. mean, I'm still working. Like, like My work with Lifeway has always been remote, so I've always been working from home, so that really uh -huh. just did not change at all. Mm -hmm. um i think the only one thing that's just a lot less is ministry um mm -hmm. i not really like i don't have to go to meetings as much or mm -hmm. i don't have i don't have to preach okay speaking of cooking that actually leads another question someone asked for COVID 19 if you could eat one meal during the entire lockdown i guess well okay, <laughs> so you could eat one meal during this entire lockdown what would it be man you know i saw that question hi that that's a hard question. <laughs> well, let me see. I'm assuming this is anything. This is literally anything. Uh, well, past four, past three days, I've been eating pasta. 
Uh, what would I? I don't know. During quarantine, so that means it has to be something I can cook, right? I just said if you could eat one meal during this entire life, I'm assuming you can pick any meal you want, man. Let's <laughs> say it's DoorDash; it just brings right to your house. Your house. I guess. I guess. I guess steaks. If I can have a limited amount of steaks, I'll be making that every single day. <laughs> That's good. Uh, medium rare. <laughs> There's no other way to cook steak. <laughs> All right, you heard it here, guys. There's no other way to cook steak is, is medium. I, I, I personally agree with that, but I've met people who who don't eat it that way. But it's okay. It's okay. There's nothing wrong. It's not okay. <laughs> you don't want to offend people. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next question. Um, I guess this is a nice... Well, this one's really nice. Someone asked, are you getting more sleep than we had during the lockdown? <laughs> Someone... Someone cares. Um, <laughs> I think I've been getting one more hour of sleep than I usually do. One hour of sleep? You wake up pretty early. You you wake up at 4.30, right? Or 4. Yeah, but that's because I had to drive to school. Now that I don't have to drive to school, I've been waking up at like 5.30 or 6. Mm, I'm just saying that last question, people were saying steak. Every, some people are agreeing with you. They say amen. Yeah. Rare steaks. All right. Okay. This one's a pretty good one. It says, uh, what book of the Bible besides, uh, what book, sorry, besides the Bible, would you recommend a Christian to read during this lockdown? What was the question again? What book besides the Bible would you recommend a Christian to read during this lockdown? Besides the Bible. Um, I'll probably recommend any, any books? Um, yeah, I'm trying to rethink. Oh, uh, a good book that actually my friend John Lim there recommended to me was a book called Reset. It's written for, it is written mainly for ministry leaders and pastors, but it can be applied to anyone. And I think this book is actually really, will be great timing right now because everyone is pretty mm -hmm. much reset in their schedules. Um, and so it's an opportunity to actually apply what we can read in that book. That's good. Wait, who's the author for that word? Uh, Recess by David Murray. Okay. Um, I used him a lot in my third counseling guide, if you guys are following those. Good. Yeah, if you guys don't know, so Gabe's been posting uh, on our Facebook group page, our personal private one. If you want, please uh, uh, ask either of us. We'll send you an invite. But yeah, uh, just um, some activities and things during this time where you can uh, – it's kind of like a Sunday school at home. So it's, it's really awesome. Gabe's been doing a great job for that. So that's what Gabe's referring to. All right. Uh, okay, I guess uh, one, one question at the last one for COVID-19. If slash when a shelter at home is lifted, what is the first restaurant you'll go to? You know, I, I saw that question. I thought long and hard about this. It, it'd probably be something all you can eat. Uh, oh, oh yeah, we can't have KBBQ or Hot Pot or all you, or all you can eat sushi. Which one? I probably want sushi right now. Mm. I probably, yeah, because that's something I can't do at home. Mm. Yeah, um, that's, that's definitely true. Yeah, I can't do that at home. Sushi, all you can eat sushi should sound great right now, as long as there's no cucumber rolls. I love, I miss that, that sit-down type of stuff. 
that's definitely that's a good answer that's a good answer all right okay so that's for the most part for uh covid questions let's go back to a nice icebreaker one all right this question asks how would you describe yourself in high school mm -hmm. <laughs> high school's a long time ago guys <laughs> Um, you don't have to I was age, but I was quiet, shy, tiny. I guess I was playing a lot of basketball. I guess something hasn't changed yet since high school. Um, I um, let me think. I was I was just a really quiet kid. Mm. Um, I, I dressed in baggy clothes, uh, and, and Air Force Ones. Mm. <laughs> I wore a chain around my neck. <laughs> what type of chain? <laughs> a chain with a cross on it. What else? Oh, I was thinking for some reason, like dollar signs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was like a Catholic cross on there. Okay. Um, and then... How was like? I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't as studious at school. Like, mm. like I wasn't banned, but I was mainly in there so I can get the free A. Oh wait, what instrument did you play? Saxophone. Ooh, I did not imagine. Oh, well, actually, I can imagine that. <laughs> and then, but then I also used band to ditch class a lot. Ooh, inside scoop, guys. I like this. Keep going. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I just, I, I didn't really care about school. I just ended up playing basketball. I played basketball almost like three, three times a week after school. Wow, man. Now you're a completely different guy. You're... No, I still play basketball three times a week if I can. <laughs> <laughs> That's, wait, three times a week. So you play what, Saturday uh, in the morning? Yeah. Mon Monday or Tuesday with that, with the guys, right? After or something? Well, right now I can't because I'm in school. Um, oh, okay. So I only really play Saturdays now, mm. but now I can't play at all because of because of this. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Wu says true G, true G, and Moses says Gabe's so young. Ball is life. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. All right, thank you. All right, uh, so the next topic we're going to be discussing some questions is seminary and yeah, some pastoral questions and things. Uh, so one question someone asks is, what do you do for your personal devotions? Oh yeah, and how do you deepen your relationship with God post grad? Post grad, post. Oh, so uh, we're post talking about like probably after I graduate from undergrad. I'm assuming that's that's what. Yeah, the context is how did you deepen? Actually, I think post. Uh, I think post graduation. I don't think they mean post grad. I think post graduation. So after undergrad, maybe. after undergrad. Yeah. Um. You know I. I think that I think that when we graduate from undergrad, um, I think we rec we most of us here will recognize how tough it was to kind of figure out, you know, where we're at, where we're alive, where God wants to take us next, and you know what what where where are we, where does God want us to be, um, and I I think the one thing that the one thing that that really did help me grow. Um, and stay just firm and grounded was the church. 
um, to be able to stay committed to the BC and, um, and and have them continue to ground me um, with a family, with with friends, with a community. Mm. Um, and you know, I don't know everyone's experience here in undergrad, but I know for most people who who went to undergrad and they dormed or they stayed in apartments near uh, near school. Uh, your fellowship there looks very different than what it is now. Uh, if, if you move back home or you're living alone, um, you know it's when you're if you join like a campus ministry or you're part of a church nearby, you have this the sense of community that you know you're close to everyone. You can like walk over to your, each other's apartment and um, and 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 you do things together and you, you and you end up going to church together, going to fellowship together. But once like you leave that, um, you when we when we graduate, we really have to make the faith our own. Mm. Uh, in other words, like I I've, I don't know what the percentages in like you know places like Grace on Campus and stuff like that. But I know in Del ACF, you know, the, the, there's always a percentage that they always throw out to us of how many people leave the church after undergrad, and it's always a high percentage, somewhere around like seventy percent or so. Wow, of the people and. And I can see that because a lot of times when I look at the when I look at the faith of you know some of those people when they are in undergrad, a lot of their faith comes from the fact that they're there with friends and that's who they're there for. But they're not there for their own personal relationship with God. Mm. Um, and and so and so when we graduate from college and we're we're leaving that environment, one of the things we really have to make sure we know is where are we at personally mm-hmm. in our own hearts with God. Um. So I think that helped me a lot. I, I think I, you know, I, I just, I, I end up just, I end up just being blessed, being, being part of, again, a good church community, being part, um, being able to, to work um, nearby my, my parents' house and work with a lot of other people who are professing believers. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I think that's what really helped me keep going. I think I, I did start to wrestle a lot. Um, I did consider leaving SBC um, a few times, um, and I, I did. I did have to still wrestle with where my where God wanted me to be and how You wanted mm-hmm. to use me. Mm-hmm. Wow, man! Th- thanks. I think uh, that was a lot of good content. I hope everyone heard that, and I, I do agree as well. It's just after undergrad, yeah, the fellowship in college and what we have now, or as you're adulting, is not the same. It's very different. Uh, but to have that community, that church base. Our folks, not just friends, but yeah, that solid church foundation to be around, to have that atmosphere, uh, to depend on, on times where it's, it's not easy. So thank you for sharing that, man. Uh, and yeah, if you're here and you're visiting or uh, you're, you're checking us out, thank you. I really, I really, I really do thank you. And hopefully uh, you can ha- have that possibility where you can call FCBC Walnut your home possibly. Uh, and if you have any questions, definitely, yeah continue to ask on on the the chat but as for right now the next question uh someone asks okay i guess regarding to our church uh what do you think is one commonly misunderstood doctrine or wrong way of thinking at fcbc or in transit that you like to clarify that you could you'd like to clarify can you please clarify smiley face man whoever asked this question it's uh it's a good question excuse me so man um 
really good question. I so I was thinking, I, I'm, I was trying to think about you know what what is something that's practical for IT. Um, and I maybe just because there's something I've been thinking about even even with myself recently, just trying to think through um, you know what it means to what it means to be a faithful Christian. Uh, one of the things that um, one of the things that I, I think we I think we need to not necessarily misunderstood, but one thing we need to I think grasp with our hearts a bit more is what it means to be free from sin, mm. be saved by grace and free from sin. Um, because to be free from sin, uh, it, it means you now have you're free. You're free to have this ability to obey God and His mm. commandments. You know, I, I know, I know. One of the things that we're always so weary of, I, I hear it a lot, even even with myself. Like I, I'll speak this way, is you know, when we we try to tell us to obey Scripture, to do these things, do that, and we but and we always try to say, okay, but you know, make sure we're not legalistic about it, right? Make sure we're doing it with the right heart, mm-hmm. which is true, which is good. Um, but a lot of times, we, we, especially if we're dealing with someone who might be stuck in sin. Mm-hmm. Um, like we we will say like you just have to read the bible you have to go to god trust him and pray to him and and mm-hmm. and and yet and yet we also still warn them but we know it's hard yeah we understand we sympathize um but there's an aspect where we have to kind of encourage them and tell them like you know you can do this like not necessarily not based on your strength it is based on jesus strength the holy spirit strength but you can do it. Like you can make the cognitive choice mm-hmm. to say, I'm going to obey God. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I'm looking at scripture, right? And, and scripture gives us a lot of commandments, right? And, and I'm just talking about New Testament. So I'm not going to talk about the law. I know, you know, we, we know we're free from the law and stuff like that, but there's even in the New Testament, there's a lot of instructions given to us. And, and guys, I think we have to think about it. Like we, when we have instructions written down for us in the New Testament for the church, God doesn't give this to us thinking, oh, they're too weak. They can't do this. Mm. He gives it to us because he believes we can do it. He freed us so we can do it. And so when we take verses like Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, the you know, verse that we always say we laugh at, I can do all things to him who strengthens me. You know, we laugh at it, but I think we should really take it to heart. Mm. We can obey God. Mm. We can overcome sin. Mm. And we can live in holy, obedient life. Mm. Oh, man. No, thank you for sharing that. And um, Wow, that was really good. And knowing that it's not something, a concept where we say, we have to say it correctly, but we have, like you said, God gave us that ability, or trusts in us, believes in us, that we can overcome it. And that's something, uh, power of the gospel, that we take it for granted, I want to say, at times, or we bel- maybe belittle it uh, at moments. But, but thank you. Thank you for that. All right, last question for at least this one. Uh, someone asked, uh, what do you do for your personal quiet time and devos, and how much, <laughs> how much does it overlap with your seminary and schoolwork? Basically, are you double dipping? <laughs> I think that's what they're asking. <laughs> um. I do work hard, but I also work smart. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so what does that mean? <laughs> so, 
So I, I do, I do, I do, um, my devotionals tend to, tend to be my schoolwork, <laughs> my schoolwork, and my schoolwork tends to be what I preach or teach on. Um, and, but, you know, I, you got to think about this holistically, right? I mean, just everything is, everything is, everything matters, right? Everything is for our edification, especially if it comes from the word of God. Um, so, you know, you just, you, you take what you have, you, you do what you can. Um, I, I will say one thing, when, when I do meditate and do my devotionals and what I should be studying for school and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it, um, it does help me. Like, it, it helps marinate the truth in me and make it my own versus just studying for the sake of studying. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I do meditate over um, scripture that I'm about to preach or teach on, uh, it does help me make it more passionate. Um, instead of just something I just need to do. That's good. That's good. No, I like your answer for that. Um, yeah, I remember I, when I was doing BSF, I don't know if you guys know, so BSF is Bible Study Fellowship. I did that, and they give you a homework assignments, and they go through chapter of the Bible. And yeah, sometimes, like, if I use that, is this my study time or something? I was like, no, I think it's, so I had a little conflict on that, but no, I appreciate how you, how you answered it, that how everything comes together at the end of the day. <laughs> so. All right, thank you for that. So those are like the password seminar questions for this one. All right, before we transition, okay, so next one's uh, Gabe's favorite. So this is going to be a juicy one. All right. Someone asked, what's your favorite coffee brand and flavor? Coffee brand and flavor? I know it's not Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't let me Starbucks. I'll give it to Sharon. Um, <laughs> Sharon's like, what? <laughs> Um, you know, I can answer this in so many different ways. Uh, you don't even want to get down to my coffee nerdiness. Mm. Um, let's go for it. Let's go for it. We're here. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Um, probably my favorite roaster right now, roaster, mm. someone who roasts the beans, uh, will be George Howell in Boston. Um, I my favorite bean will most likely be either Ethiopian or Panama. Um, usually Panama is a leader state. Um, with Ethiopians, I kind of like most of the varietals they offer. Um, when it comes to roast, I like a lighter roast. When it comes to, to the way to brew the coffee, I prefer pour over V60 style, um, making it into one cup, not much more than that. Um, but if we're gonna do stuff like espressos and things like that, I prefer probably more of a blend style um coffee bean and um and yeah i, I don't know i can keep going i can go with tell me you lost me at like the beginning <laughs> but no it's good I, that's, that's, hey i don't know if anyone else here say in the chat if you love coffee i think chris wong also loves coffee if you're in here uh, you can say something <laughs> chris is probably the only person who can understand me <laughs> i mean there's some other brothers in here that, that have it yeah i actually when i traveled to portland with you, you we literally went to like every single coffee shop and yeah you you tried something different or i forget no you tried there's only four man you only yeah. did four no and like one day we went to like three or four shops i remember i got the same thing over and over <laughs> i was so boring i was like oh my gosh i can't drink anymore because i'm getting the whole the same thing <laughs> but no that was good well as you guys know not only does gabe love the lord but he loves his his coffee so sure and i hope you you heard all of that so 
<laughs> but yeah, if you guys don't know, Sharon is, uh, I mention her a lot, she is Gabe's fiance. So uh, there are a lot of questions about her, but we'll save that at the very, very end, because that's where all the juicy questions are. <laughs> all right, next question, someone asks, what's your favorite worship song or favorite worship band? Uh, worship song. Man, my worship song changes a lot. Um, hmm. Um, one of my favorite worship songs that I always remember is Power to Cross by the Gettys. Um, and then, and then, but there's always like other worship songs that like more modern that I always tend to keep, it keeps changing. I think the one I've been listening to a lot more recently is probably, um, what was it? The one, the one by, the one was Shane Shane by that, uh, written from Psalm 42. Mm. Or from Psalm 42, like, um, that one. Mm, um, nice. that's that's, yeah, that's probably the one I've been listening to most recently. Um, and also, if, if I do have to leave worship anywhere, I, I tend to be playing that a lot. Um, I don't know about band. I listen to a lot of Shane and Shane, but that's because they pretty much covered every worship song possible. Mm. Well, that's, that's very true. Very true. <laughs> Colin's nodding like, yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Who else do you listen to nowadays, right? They covered everything. They made it better. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, when I was growing up, I was listening like, man, there's so many good Christian songs and all these things. And, and then as I was reading through the songs, I'm like, man, they just copied. Songs, and I was like, I can do this, but yeah. I would say that if you guys listen to Shane Shane's actual like original songs they wrote back in like 2003, 2004, they're really good. Mm. They're like, they're like some, they're they're not necessarily songs you see in worship, but they're really good songs. Nice. Jennifer agrees with you. She says, True that. We also listen to Shane and Shane all the time. Thanks. All right, uh, thank you. All right, next question. Who is your favorite peach preacher to listen to? Preacher. Um, I think right now my favorite preachers, my two, probably the two preachers that come to my head right now, they're both Presbyterian preachers. Mm. Um, one of them is Kevin DeYoung. Mm, I know. Uh, yeah. And the other one is, is Lincoln Duncan. Okay. Um, unfortunately, both of them don't really have, like, a, a feed every Sunday to mm. listen to. So I always have to listen to them if they speak at conferences, mm. um, which unfortunately right now, because of the, because of the coronavirus, there's no conferences. So there's nothing to listen to from them. Yeah. It's, it's okay, man. Once it's all over, you'll get your all you can eat sushi and, uh, <laughs> and the Kevin DeYoung uh, sermon. <laughs> all right. Uh, I want another question. Okay. Someone asks, uh, what's your favorite, book or uh, favorite or recommend a book right now i guess what's your favorite book you're reading or, or book you recommend right now yeah i guess there's no context it's just favorite slash recommend book um okay it's hard, it's hard to pick out a favorite book i feel like there's always a good book i have a recommended book for like every topic out there mm -hmm. um i would say i'll, I'll talk about this the book that change, I don't change my life is so big because the gospel changes your life. It's it's more like it heavily influenced my life. 
All right. All right. Um, two books heavily influenced my life. One is R.C. Sproul, The Holiness of God. Ah, um, yes, yes, yes. The second book is John Piper, Desiring God. Read those two in college, impacted my faith a lot, um, and really framed everything. Um, holiness of God impacted me so much that the first sermon I ever preached on was on the holiness of God. Mm. Um, and, but, you know, I, I could, I read, I read a lot of books and I can recommend books for so many different things. I, I think, you know, if you want a book on marriage, I recommend John Piper's Momentary Marriage. I think that's the best book on the theology of marriage. Uh, I, if you want a book about counseling books about dealing with your heart, I think right now my favorite one to work with is Untangling Emotions. Um, I use that a lot right now. Um, and then, um, what else is there? I don't know. I'm looking at my bookshelf real quick. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, there's just a lot of books. With One Voice, that's a good book for those of you who are dating. Um, Charles and the Vine for church ministry. Hmm. Um, yeah. So there, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's a lot of books that I can think about. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, there's always a book. I feel like, hey, I need a book on this book on this. That definitely the pastors here. Yeah, it can definitely guide you in a direction. And that's what I'm very appreciative of that. Um, they enjoy, they enjoy reading, especially for Gabe. Um, all right. Last question from your, your, your faves. What has been your favorite class in seminary and why? How do I answer this? All of them. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all of them? None of them? Um, <laughs> none of them. Oh, I, say um, <laughs> I, I, man, it's so hard to say. I think I really like my theology classes. And my extra Jesus classes. Mm. Um, the extra Jesus classes, I think, is just what Masters is really good at. Um, I, yeah, they're just they're just really good. They they just know how to they, they really treat the text and really dig into it and cut it up. Mm. Um, and for theology, I you know I. I you know, I, I read like systematic theology, the Grunem one, like when That's I was in high school. Huge. I, fat. I went through a lot of different theology books in the past. And so going to seminary, I had a lot of theology books under my under my belt, but mm. even then these theo classes I've been taking in masters have just been top notch. There's just there's just so much to think about. And I guess that's the nature of theology when it comes to God. Um, there's always more to, to dig through, always more to think about. That's good, man. That's good. Yeah, no, when you said Wayne Grew's systematic theology, at first I was like, yeah, I'll read that, I'll read that. And then when I saw the book, it's literally like this thick, guys. Like, you can knock someone's head off. I thought, I was like, yeah, I can. And I'm a pretty fast reader, too. So I was like, oh, yeah, I can, I can read it. And then that's not something you can read from cover to cover. It's. <laughs> oh, I know a few people who have. Really? They're on a different level. <laughs> Yeah, if you don't know, Google it. It's, it's, it's very thick. But yeah, I have a copy. Uh, all right, next one. Okay, so with that change, thank you guys for that. Again, uh, if you guys just joined us, I see some people who joined. Uh, feel free to d discuss and chat on the group chat. I've seen some of you guys talking. It's really funny to, or fun to enjoy uh, talking to you guys too. But if you do have a question too, let me know. Uh, all right, we're back to our icebreaker questions. All right, this one. This one's a funny one. This one's a funny one, my friend. 
Okay, this one asks, <clears throat> which is the best starter Pokemon? Any generation. <laughs> which is the best starter Pokemon? You might get judged for this one, man, because I have my answer. I you want my answer. Pokemon. I have I my answer. But I, I only played, what, the first gen? I don't know anything past the 150. Then, hey, I think that's the best generation right there. <laughs> so you can't go wrong unless you pick Bulbasaur. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, on the comments, type, type, type. What is your favorite Pokemon? I want to see in the comments what's your favorite. A Torchic, okay. You know what a Torchic is, Gabe? No. <laughs> it's, it's a chicken. The chicken? The chicken. It's a Why chicken. would you want a chicken? Because that chicken can fight. It can, it's, it's pretty good. Well, you eat chickens. <laughs> None in the world of Pokemon. All right, what's your oh. favorite? I like this. I'm seeing people's responses. But yeah, what, what's your response? What's your favorite starter Pokemon? Starter Pokemon. You know, when I did play, what was it? I think I had, what version did I have? I think I had red version. Yes, I had I, red version too. I think I did. I did choose Bulbasaur as my first. You one. picked Bulbasaur. Oh, Actually, okay. I don't statistic like not statistic. Yeah. Wasn't he? Wasn't he the one that allowed you to get past the first two gyms the quickest? Yes. So I was gonna. No, actually, that and the third gym too, because the third gym's an electric gym. So uh, yeah, Squirtle only helps with the first one. Then you hit a water. I'm being very nerdy right now, but yeah, Charmander just sucks for the first two. But I'm a Charmander guy. I go fire 100% of the way, like Charmander all the way. I am a Charmander guy. But yeah, Bulbasaur, uh, in theory, was the best one. But you pick Bulbasaur? I don't know. Is there any Bulbasaur lovers? I'm sorry, but that's, that's totally fine. <laughs> but yeah, in terms of Pokemon, I'm always the fire one. I'm always, always the fire one. All right, now, that, that was fun. That was really fun. I think the other one, too. I had to, I had to get stuck with Pikachu. And then you had, you had to, like, what, catch that, like, Caterpie or something like that and get the grass type for the first gym? Yeah, I mean, there's a whole way and stuff. But, yeah, what are people saying? Charmander, Ditto. That was not a starter, though. Pikachu, Bulb, Charmander, Torchic. Cyndaquil's nice. Cyndaquil's really nice. Uh, someone's suggesting we should smettle, settle this and smash ultimate. But that's not a starter, though. You can only play a squirrel. All right, anyways, now we're going to reach out to uh, the faith, faith questions. So this is um, some pretty interesting stuff. All right, first question. Someone asks, oh, this is a pretty good one. Is it necessary to believe in the existence of hell in order to be saved? Um, existence of hell. That's a good question. I think um, is it necessary to believe in the existence of hell in order to be saved? Mm -hmm. I think the answer will have to be a bit nuanced. Um, first of all, hell exists. Like, that's true. Hell exists, and it has to exist. Um, and we cannot talk about... We, we can't necessarily talk about the gospel without hell being real. Or else there's nothing to be saved from. Um, and, and the other reason why hell must exist is because we have to believe that we are all created for eternal purpose. 
And that eternal purpose means that when this lifetime is over, we will be judged for our lives. Um, and we will either end up in eternal life or we end up what Bible calls eternal death, but that's another just name for hell. Um, and, and, so, and so there has to be, there has to be a hell. Mm-hmm. Is it necessary for someone to be saved? Now, I, I think, you know, we've all heard that you can't scare someone into heaven, which is true. Um, but we do need to make them realize that there is a consequence for their lives, right? There is judgment. So, so in a sense, we do need to talk about hell. But is it necessary for them to save? Uh, not, not like necessary to the point where like it needs to be the central truth. It's necessary in the fact that it is there mm-hmm. and that we need Christ because it's there. Amen. And, and Christ then becomes a central truth. Mm-hmm. And so as we're talking about the gospel and we're, we're sharing the gospel with someone, we have to remember that hell needs to be realized, but the end goal is not to escape hell. The yeah. end goal of sharing the gospel and bringing people to be saved is to worship God. Amen. And that's, that's the end goal. And so the main point has to always be about God. Because mm-hmm. uh, if we make the main point about hell, then it becomes man-centered. It's about them just trying to save themselves. But when we make the main point about worshiping God, it's about God being this glorious, gracious God who's compassionate enough to save people through the death of his own son. Amen. That was a great answer, man. I love that. Yeah, I was looking at that and that was that's a very good question, but the way you executed and shared with it, uh, yeah, that was very good. I hope you guys heard that. Even uh Hey, Kai's in the chat. Brother Kai, he says amen. I know he's, he's one of my friends from uh, Perspectives, the mission class. <laughs> All right, next question. Okay, someone asked, what approach would you take to reach the agnostic with the gospel? Oh, man. Um, well, first of all, agnostic, if you guys don't know, agnostic is someone who generally believes or accepts the belief that there is a God, mm-hmm. but they take the stance that God cannot be known. Um, and so they accept the fact that there could perhaps be a deity out there, but you just can't know mm-hmm. who he is. Um, so uh, this gets a little bit into apologetics. My, my, um, I'm a presuppositionalist when it comes to apologetics, meaning I believe in just preaching the gospel to people. And that's, that's really the main goal. That's the main point. If you preach the gospel to them, you let the spirit work through the word of God and, and you show, and you let the spirit um, open up their eyes to see the truth of God. Um, that being said, um, there, is, there is some equipping that will help you better engage with people who are like, people like, like Gnostics. Um, and so as, and so I, I, so how then do you, do you talk with agnostics? I, I think we have to get down then to understanding, to, to actually. To Oops. Sorry. What we had to end up getting down to is actually questioning the agnostics' belief about why they even accept the conception of a God. Um, and if they accept that conception of a God, that means there's something in them that's pointing them there. Like, what is it? And if you 
ultimately it comes back down to your theology. If you have good theology, uh, you will understand how to kind of tackle this person's mindset. Mm, um, okay. So, so when, when, when we, when I, so for instance, um, when you take the theology that we are as human beings, we're all created in the image of God. Therefore God created each one of us with a internal conscience about who he is. And the, because of sin, sin suppresses the truth of God. Um, when somebody says, you know, there could be a God out there. That means we look at that and we, and the way we interpret the way we view it is saying, well, this person is creating an image of God. That means there's something that he sees a little hint of that image of God that he's not necessarily suppressing that points him to mm. God. Mm. And, and you, 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 you try to figure out what that is. Mm. Um, ultimately, again, it comes back down to your theology. If you be, um, let me look at a passage real quick. Ultimately, it does come back down to truth, right? When, when we're talking, we're talking about agnostics, you're talking to or postmodern people, or you're talking to atheists, you're, you're ultimately going to get back down to truth here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think for all Christians, this actually, actually was write, writing about this in my next counseling guide. Um, and Jesus says in John 14, verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. And I, what does that mean that I am the truth? I, I, you know, we hear it, we're like, okay, that's cool. Jesus is true, so he's truth. But when he says he is the truth, I, I think we have to kind of wrap our minds around that and think about what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like when we, de- if we go to Colossians chapter one and we take the concept that Jesus is truth and then we go to Colossians one and we read in verse 16, for by him all things are created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, um, thrones and dominions, authorities, all things created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Um, then, then we get a sense that like, you know, all of existence uh-huh. is because of this truth of Jesus Christ. And so can we really understand existence reality knowledge if we don't have jesus mm. um and, and 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 that's when you start really start wrestling with okay what does it mean that jesus is true because this has become bigger than just saying jesus is true this mm. is this is something so much more bigger than that because all of us were created for jesus for god mm-hmm. and he is the truth we all were created with this concept of like we won't exist unless there's, there's Jesus. If Jesus is no longer the truth, we don't exist anymore. Like that's the impact of what this theology means. And if we take that then to be true, and that's, that's the way you understand you're engaging with an agnostic who has this vague concept of God, we can really go to him or her and show that person and saying, okay, so we both agree that there is some existence in God. You say you can't know God, but I can show you I know God because I know Jesus is the truth. Yes, amen. And, and you point them, and then from there, you just go and share the gospel, right? You mm-hmm. show them all of it. Like, the, just, you just share, you show them the gospel, you walk with them through it, and you, mm-hmm. you talk to them about who Jesus is, and you point them to Christ, how he is the manifestation of God, and that's why we can know God personally. Amen, dude. No, man, no, that was good. That was good. Man, 
solid question, solid answers for this one. So basically sharing that our experience, so because we are able to experience the Lord, we are able, I mean, from each person who's a believer has their own testimony, has been touched by the Lord and has accepted him. And I can speak on behalf of my, that, that I have tasted and I have, I haven't seen the guy, but how my life has been tremendously impacted by knowing uh, Jesus Christ. So to use that or share that. And then from there, like just, just preach it and knowing that I, you can feel it expressing or sharing your experiences and then sharing the gospel behind that. So, I mean, uh, yeah. So I, I would say like, you know, I, I understand it's, it's scary sometimes to, to, to deal with a lot of people, especially if you don't know some of the answers to your questions and, you know, that's understandable. Um, but you know, that's why I say at the end of the day, if you proclaim the gospel, I believe you're faithful and you can let Christ or the Holy spirit to work then through the word of God to open up their eyes to see the truth. Um, first, second Corinthians chapter four, verse four to six is like, for me, the hard passage of like, when I share in the gospel, like this is why I, I just emphasize just, just proclaim the gospel. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 46 says this. Um, in their case, talking to people who are unbelievers, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And so, you know, we, 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 we take that verse and that's just verse four. And you, you understand that unbelievers, they're blinded. Mm-hmm. They don't see the truth. But what allows them to see the truth? Verse 5, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God said, let light shine out of darkness. This same God has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so when you proclaim Christ, it is God who will say, let there be light. And then there will be light then. Mm-hmm. the agnostic's heart to finally see this vague God and what used to be vague, what used to be blind to them now all of a sudden becomes clear in the mm-hmm. image of God and Jesus Christ. No, thanks. Thank you for sharing. That's a good stuff, man. That's good stuff. All right. Oh man, there's so many good questions, but I love this and we still got a good amount of more. So, all right, next one, uh, someone asks, uh, is it required to pray at every meal? <laughs> oh man, um, is it required? Like, is it required? Like, are you sinning if you don't pray? It just says, "Is it required to pray at every?" I know how my personal take. At, at the, I mean, I mean, you see people, you know, you're praying, and then like, oh, they drop their fork, and they oh, and then they, they pray like that, and then they go back, oh, amen, and then they start <laughs> eating. Or I, I would say. I would say it is good to pray before every meal. You're not in sin. I don't think you're in sin if you don't pray before every meal. Um, so I'll say that generally. We're, you know, the, the passage that I think about when it comes to prayer before meals, um, I, I think, well, one, it's, you know, we're, we're to give thanksgiving all the time, right? To give thanks to God all the time because we don't deserve to eat what we have before us. Um, but the, the one passage, I'm trying to look it up right now. Um, here. Um, in First Tim- First Timothy chapter 4, uh, starting from verse, where should I start? 
first three. Let me see. Did Mary Parsons for food deck? Okay, so in verse three, uh, Paul's talking about something else. He's talking about how there are people who um, who are really really legalistic. They 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 say you can't get married because when you when you get married, you're gonna you're gonna perform sex, and that's immorality and, and stuff like that, and like that's that's wrong. Um, but they also and then they say the same people they require abstinence from food, so people who just starve themselves um, because food is um, pleasing your stomach, your cravings. Mm-hmm. But then once Paul mentions the word food, he, he qualifies that. He says, foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. And he goes on, for everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected. And it is, if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. And so that's where I see, I guess, the concept of praying before you eat comes from. It's, uh-huh. it's to receive the food with Thanksgiving. And, and once you do, that's when the food is made, uh-huh. like, it's quote-unquote holy. It doesn't, you know, if, it's, if you're eating junk food, it's still junk food. It's, it doesn't also make holy, man. <laughs> well, thank you. That, that, was, that was a good response to that. Um, yeah, I know for, for myself, yeah, if, uh, if I try to pray as much or before meals as I can. But in situations with like one on one with a friend that's not an, is an unbeliever, but I have a good rapport with him, I would ask, "Can I pray for the food?" And I've never been shot down before. Um, but yeah, if there's more believers in lunch, I would ask, "Hey, is it okay if we pray?" And then yeah, we pray. But if I'm outnumbered, then I would I would do it myself. Uh, but that, that's how I personally do it. But I don't. Yeah, people can do it very different. So. But yeah, that's that's good. It's good. It's not a sin if you don't do it, guys. Don't don't feel guilty. So, all right. Next question. <clears throat> someone asks, um, "What is advice you would give to someone who still struggles with spending time with in the Word, when in God's Word, and prayer on a daily basis?" Uh, what's some advice? Um... So this this kind of gets it gets kind of back down to what I was sharing before with, you know, we're we're free from sin. We can do all these things, and so part of it is just read the word of God and pray. They're 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 real actions that take work. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, but at the same time, we have to deal with our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think it, it is worth to take some time to ask yourself why it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you want to do it? Like. I know I'm not perfect. I, I definitely have, I definitely have periods of time uh, when it's hard for me to, to stay constant in my devotionals and to pray. Um, and if I ask myself why it's, you know, a lot of times it's because I, I get myself so busy, so tired mm-hmm. that it's hard to stay focused. And, and then when I ask myself, what am I busy and tired with? And it's, you know, it's school sometimes, it's ministry sometimes, but other times it's because I'm just hanging out with friends, I'm watching some shows, and, and then I'm all of a sudden tired. I don't want to do anything else. And, mm-hmm. and I have to ask myself, is it really worth doing any of these things, including mm-hmm. school ministry, versus spending time with God and, and doing that? And why, is it, why does my heart tend to do all those things first? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so it is always worth asking your heart those kind of questions. Mm. Um, okay. And what advice, like practical advice, to give you? I, I think you know, for instance, um, was it some the 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 Sharons, Sharon, Sharon, um, Sharon, 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 Sharon. They're, they're starting Sharon. that. Uh, they're Sorry. starting that like accountability Bible reading. I love it. I love it. I love that. So to do it with with community, that that's one way practically to do it with, right? Um, uh, another way to do it is, is pick up a Bible reading plan that you know maybe doesn't have to be one year because one year is a lot of reading per day, but pick up one that lasts for like two years mm-hmm. and, and take it very small chunks at a time. Um, if you have if you find a hard time focusing when you pray because you know you're closing your eyes, which you know for me makes me fall asleep. Um, <laughs> Like, um, I, so I like to journal my prayers. I, I write it down. Oh, it's nice. um, and, and so, uh, and so, so there's some practical ways if those are some things that, that, that can help you, um, or do prayer walks, like mm-hmm. and just walk and pray. Right. And you know, we do it now, just stay six feet apart from someone else and pray. That's good. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I could, I echo on your responses for that. I know for me, some I, I have an eye watch. I'm not wearing, wearing it, but it, it always constantly tells you to breathe. Uh, remember to breathe. I'm like, I think that's the dumbest thing ever because like, I am obviously breathing. But I use that as like a reminder. like, hey, breathe, but pray, and also pray too. And know that like, yeah, how, what, like at the end of the day, God did so much for us and Jesus died on the cross for us. And he loves us to be able to spend like, yeah, a little bit of time or just time with our Lord and Savior that we love and cherish, should love and cherish, put up on as our number one. How can you not spend time with that? You know. So, but yeah, there are practical ways. I've seen people uh, text each other, say, "Hey, account, hey, did you pray today? Did you read? Um, did you do your thing?" Or I have my own journal book too, just saying how the day went uh, or things. But yeah, those are definitely practical ways um, and good. All right, some other questions, and then uh, we'll, we'll finish off on our last one to be mindful for time. Uh, one question someone asked, uh, what does it mean to preach the gospel to yourself? What does that look like? I guess piggyback off of, of that. What does it mean to preach the gospel to yourself? Hmm. Um, preaching the gospel to yourself sounds very technical. It sounds like you have to go through, you know, just the four steps. Just the of how to talk about the gospel creation sin christ like i i i don't think that's that that isn't necessarily what we mean by preaching gospel to yourself it's you know when we when we talk about christ mm-hmm. when we talk about him in our lives as lord and savior and, we, and then we we take an aspect of everything that he he calls us in holiness, meaning he, he puts us in the state of holiness. And he says, this is your identity now. Go live it. And, and then we're struggling. We're struggling with our weakness, our sins. Preaching the gospel to yourself is reminding yourself of where you stand now before God. Mm-hmm. It's, it's saying that Jesus' death is bigger than yeah. Than anything, even bigger than my sin, it covers my sin. That's just how big it is. Amen. And Amen. and it puts me in the state of holiness. Mm. And 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 I can continue then to walk um, in my even in the midst of my 
my weaknesses, God's grace then becomes my strength. Amen. Um, and and preaching the gospel to yourself is a, it's just a constant reminder of that truth. But it's a constant reminder that you know Jesus died for you, and every single day we're going to feel the guilt of our hearts. Uh, we're going to feel the shame, but we're yeah. we're going to continue going to God and being you know what it's always about Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's always about what He did, and um and and it, and it frees us then to to literally live out our lives for Him. Um, you know, it's, there's, I'm just, I'm trying to think of passages right now, but it's hard to think. Oh, let me, let me like, for instance, when Jesus washes the disciples' feet, right? Uh-huh. And he's, and he's doing that. And, 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 and Peter responds back to him. He's like, why do you wash me? And then, you know, what, is, what did Jesus say? John chapter 13, right? John chapter 13, Jesus says to Peter, if I do not wash you, you have no share in me. And so Simon Peter then responds, then wash everything. But then Jesus says this, the one who has bathed does not need to be washed except for his feet, but is completely clean. Mm. And you are clean. Mm. So Jesus is looking at you and saying, you are clean. That's what it means to first accept him as Lord and Savior. But every single day, I, he does need to wash your feet. He doesn't even remind you that his blood is constantly covering you day by day for all the sins that you're going to go through. Mm. But you are indeed already clean. Amen. Amen. That's Thank you for that answer. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, we think about, oh, yeah, you say to say, but what does that entail? What does it mean? And I think it's the lifestyle of, of how, you, how you live that and your actions, too. All right. All right, so with that, we'll go into our icebreaker, or one last icebreaker, and then we'll go to the, the column where everybody, the most questions that I read, wrote, read the most is about sharing, so. All right. <laughs> All right, first, uh, last icebreaker question is, I don't even have an answer to this. It says, who is your favorite character in the Chronicle of Narnia series? <laughs> Do you like that? I didn't know you liked that. Whoever asked you, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I, I haven't read the books in a long time. Honestly, I have no idea how to answer. He's like the lion guy. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I don't have an answer. That's totally fine. Because I don't even know where to, where to start. The lion guy. <laughs> the lion guy. The lion guy. That's all I know. The lion guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question. I'm trying to think. Um, people are there one book about about with a talking horse i have no i didn't honestly i didn't read that i did read all the lord of the rings series i read the i read all that very young but i did not read uh narnia stuff unfortunately yeah i don't remember i've read all the books before except for the last one i didn't read the last battle um And then, and then I lost like my book. I don't know where it went. I can't find it anymore. So I've been meaning to read the last one, but I haven't. Hey, there's a book. <laughs> you guys want a gift for the next pastor's appreciation? Is the final book. <laughs> Just kidding. Get him some uh, some nice beans from Boston. If I remember. <laughs> All right. This is the biggest one. Uh, we have a little bit of time left, uh, but yeah, this is the questions everyone was dying to ask. Or, Sharon and dating questions. So, 
Uh, the first question. Oh, so again, if you guys don't know, if you can see Sharon, she's actually she's on my my this way, this way. Yeah, so she is Gabe's fiance. And they are planning or was planning to get married uh in May, if I remember correctly. And there's some updates to share. But yeah, generally the questions. First question people are asking, wanted to know is, what was your first impression of Sharon? And I might unmute Sharon just to see her side of the story, just to make sure we're not biased. <laughs> I, I honestly don't remember my first impression. Um, I think she was just chill. Chill. I, I really don't remember. All right, that's that's fine. I think this one's a little deeper, but they asked, "What first attracted you to Sharon?" <laughs> I don't know if it's actually that. I think it was the other way, but anyways, just answer it. What <laughs> <laughs> first attract? What if not that? What attracts you? To what what makes it, what's attracted to Sharon? Um, man. So are there, are there questions about like us when we first started dating or something? I'm assuming it says what first attracted you to Sharon. Well, I'm trying to figure out the other questions because I'm probably going my questions, my answers probably overlap stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to the ones questions, uh, first impression stuff. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I mean, right now Sharon has just, I mean, she's just really caring gentle she um i don't know she listens well she under she understands she's i mean everything opposite of me on you know, a lot of things you say you're not understanding you're not caring uh no she's just, <laughs> yeah i'm not caring I'm definitely, <laughs> i definitely am more of a jerk um um and <laughs> sorry i shouldn't be laughing that part so um i mean we first we first really connected because we have good chemistry, at least for me. Like that's what stood out to me was how well we connected. Um, yeah, if you guys know our story, like I, I, I didn't really, I wasn't really, I wasn't attracted to her first. So I, it, it was, it's, it's harder for me to kind of answer that question from like the beginning. It was more because like we connected well and I worked, I saw that we had good chemistry and. Um, and that's when I started thinking about it more. So. Mm. Robin said lies, lies. No, yeah, I don't know about for what. No, I, 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 I can attest. I, yeah, Gabe's telling the truth. <laughs> You're not the one who needs to test. It's Sharon who needs to test through this. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> all right. Let me unmute Sharon. And Sharon can share uh, a little bit if she wants to. If not, it's it's totally fine. But uh are you sharing are you okay sharing what am i sharing um you doesn't need sharing right now i guess uh okay i guess that the vice versa because there was no first impression or was attraction I'm, I'm assuming it's on your side right so what attracted you to gabe um i think it was his heart like his love for the church and his love for god like, it was just very evident in the things that he did. Mm, that's cute. And what was your first impression of the guy? 
I also don't remember when I met him. Mm. No, not coffee. I thought he was very stubborn. <laughs> he You're right. can be stubborn. <laughs> He's like nodding his head off. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't deny it. He doesn't deny it. No, thank you. Thank you for sharing. I that. call it opinionated. <laughs> That's stubborn right there, dude. <laughs> Everyone's like in the chat like, no, dude. No. It's so funny. All right, that's awesome. Okay. I guess um, with the updates and stuff, uh, someone asked, how are Sharon and yourself handling the wedding planning during this unique time? So I don't know if you want to give an update about that. Yeah. Um, so because of the COVID-19 situation and the government regulations right now don't allow us to have public gatherings, um, and private gatherings can be larger than 10, um, right now we are pretty much postponing um the wedding ceremony or reception uh, to a later date we have no idea what that day will be um but we still want to get married at the same at the time may 16th um and so we're planning to downsize to a backyard wedding um and hopefully by may i'm hoping they allow maybe up to 20 people for a private gathering who knows yeah, we don't um, if not, it'll just be my parents, her parents, and probably the efficient, which will be Hanley. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, we, we still want to get married. I, I believe one of the questions, uh, I don't see on your sheet, maybe it's got asked later, um, was, you know, oh, it is there. Like, why, why do we want, why would we rather do something uh, for a small wedding? Um, like, why do we still want to get married on the same day? Um, I'm gonna, well, I mean, first of all, I think we just want to get married. I, I think that's the end goal of, of weddings. What's wrong right? with that, dude? <laughs> um, <laughs> if you can do a big party, and if you're not married, then you failed the wedding, right? <laughs> Honestly, um, I'm getting married right. Dude, do it next <laughs> month. Wait, next month is May. Never mind. I mean, do it then in this month. <laughs> um, so, so there's that. The other thing about a, a wedding, um, Another thing about wedding, um, okay, well, we're obviously, I had something to share about that for yeah. another question, um, but that is true. That's from 1 Corinthians, mm -hmm. what, chapter 7, um, what was it, 7, 30 something, 30, 36, uh, or 37, yeah, 36. Um, I'll share more about that, that verse later. Um, I, I do, you know, for weddings, I do believe that it is a covenant made in public before um god first and foremost but also before the church it's it's a it's a covenant made publicly because 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 like all covenants it needs it, it needs to be kept accountable mm -hmm. right when when god makes a covenant um with um with israel he attests to the witness of the moon and the stars um, so pretty much all creations, everyone know about this covenant. Um, and, and so, and so I, I do think we, we should definitely, you know, publicize the wedding. Amen. Um, but because, you know, this, because of this unique situation, um, you know, sometimes, um, we, we do need, it is, it is better to marry than to, to prolong the engagement. So we can get married as soon as we can. I think it's better. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that, I've personally been wrestling with 
um, that I think we, I think we need to think about a little bit with you know what it means to be married. Um, you know, to be uh, to be married underneath the eyes of God versus being married legally underneath the U.S. government, mm-hmm. I think are two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, which then comes down to again theology. Like, how do you what what do you believe? How God uses government, and what do you believe about marriage? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm saying all this because we're right now wrestling with the government license offices, the marriage license offices being closed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can't get a marriage license. Got it. So we're we're not too sure even if we can get married on May 16th because of that. Oh, interesting. Um, interesting. And and so we're we're still figuring things out there. Um, but I, 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 and so these are the kind of thoughts that are going through my head. It's like, what does it mean for the government to legally have us marry and us being married underneath the eyes of God? Mm. Um, yeah. And, and you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, I think we can be married underneath the eyes of God. So this is my thing. I don't want to like hold to it. I, I think it's best when both align. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe God uses government. That this is Romans 13. God uses government to help manage and you know um is manage the best word i'll just use manage because i can't think of another word manage the 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 peoples the nations the around the world right the government is there to 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 put punishment on those who are sinning greatly against god Mm -hmm. um so this is why we have laws we have you know we have judges we have courtrooms it's it's to help manage that Uh, and and the government is supposed to be used by God to, to do that. But when, <clears throat> and so when the government is then to help us be legally married, that's what the help align with what God wants. Mm. Now, obviously we can't go with the government when it goes against God. So when government says that there are same sex marriages are allowed, we can't fall along like alongside with that, but we should agree with the fact that the government should legalize our marriage because the government helps keep that marriage accountable. Mm. Um, but in a case right now, because the offices are closed and we just don't know what's going to happen, like, is it okay to get married without being legally married? And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think, I think it's possible. Um, because at the end of the day, it's always the eyes of God that matters Amen. first and foremost. Amen. Um, but it is good to have the government, you know, confirm that legally for accountability. No, thanks for sharing that. And yeah, um, can definitely be a, for all weddings. I know like I had a, a brother, uh, in Christ, uh, from university. It was literally the weekend of, and then everything shut down and yeah, they, it, everything got messed up, but all in all, it's not like as much as we get to share that public celebration to share with friends and folks and make that public uh, declaration to everyone in that covenant. Uh, right now it's a bit tricky given the situation, but hopefully things do work out for you and Sharon, uh, if not earlier, but all in all, um, yeah, glad it's, hopefully your spirits are, are lifted up and you have our, I uh, have my support. Uh, <laughs> Thanks Calvin. It's not like that matters that much. <laughs> I can't like move anything faster, but I can, I can definitely pray. That's, I can definitely pray. All right. Uh, not one question. This is a funny question. I don't know. You put it on the spot, but someone actually asked, "How many times have you made Sharon cry?" I hope it's a zero. I think Sharon might have a number. I don't have a number. 
She's like, one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> I, you got one? I don't know. Is it, we're talking about good crying, bad crying? Oh, it doesn't say. It just says, how many times have you... Uh, let's just say you made her laugh so hard she cried. <laughs> Zero times? <laughs> um, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't remember. Sherry, have, has Gabe ever made you cry with joy? Uh, not from laughing, no. <laughs> oh, the not laughing one? <laughs> Countless number of times. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll stop right there. No, just kidding. You can, you can. Not that many. No. Most people know our engagement story. Actually, I. Let's say no. I don't. I don't. Let's let all thirty-one folks here plus a bit hear about your engagement story. <laughs> yeah, I guess it. Let's listen. I love this. Well, because I. I the engagement story, because I was, I, I guess I'll just talk about, I guess I can share the whole story. Mm -hmm. um, so in the beginning of the week before the Saturday as I proposed, um, one of our friends, we'll name who, um, wanted to, to do, a, what was it, a pumpkin painting party? on the Saturday that we're about to, that I was going to propose, um, pumpkin carving, so someone knows. Um, oh, uh, you said one person knows, um, and... Pumpkin, pumpkin carving party on the same day I was going to propose, and obviously that person didn't know um, I was going to do it. Sharon didn't know either, and so Sharon really wanted to do it, and I was just hesitant, and I believe that made her start crying. There's <laughs> um, <laughs> one. <laughs> and... And so, and then I was like, in my, in my head, I was like, oh my goodness, like, what do I do? Because there's a good reason for me to be hesitant about this. Um, and so, and so in my, so I was just like, okay, um, I'm just going to say that we can do it. I am really busy that day. Um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll try to play it out as the week goes along. And, and see how things turn out. But but right now, let's plan on doing this pumpkin carving thing. And I was going to message my friend and be like, hey, we're actually not going to come because of this. Um, mm. And and then and then the party kind of just fell through. And so it just, it just never happened. Um, mm. and, okay. and and so the Saturday came, um, but she didn't know that yet. Uh, she Well, she knew the pumpkin, the pumpkin carving thing wasn't going to happen, but she didn't know um, my plan still. And, mm. and so we were at church studying. Um, and <clears throat> man, <laughs> and as, as the so <laughs> as the as we as we were at church studying, I I had this pretty much the the day I had like already planned out stuff planned out. Like I invited her friends um, mm -hmm. to go to her house to decorate. I told her parents had my oh, had her yeah. families on um, ready at her house. Um, and and like and so the day was a day of full lies for her. Um, and so we uh we had i believe her sister came down from from berkeley oh yeah she goes berkeley. told her that she had a job interview um then her dad saw her in the morning and be like hey we're gonna have family dinner tonight and then and then sharon came to church when church you know was still open and we were studying there and um and 
around like three in the afternoon, I asked if she wanted to go learn how to drive stick because um, I've been teaching her how to drive stick. Uh-huh. And so we had an empty church parking lot and we drove around for a little bit. And then I told her to park underneath a tree some, um, near where Kevin and Vanessa proposed. <laughs> and, um, and then um, I told her to pop the trunk and I, and I went to, and we went, and I went to the trunk, taught her, beckoned her to come out, and I pretty much decorated the trunk um, mm. and proposed to her um, mm. there with a fake ring. Um, fake ring. And, and then the fake ring pretty much, um, pretty much, I had to tell her that I had to send back the real ring because they messed up with it. Um, so I don't know when it's going to come back. Um, well, because I couldn't wait. I decided to make this fake one, handmade. Um, and, and I proposed with that. And then we, um, and so, you know, that all that happened. And then we, I told her, and I first told her, so yeah, we are going to have dinner with your family. Um, and we ended up driving back to her house. Um, and as she came in, um, everyone surprised her. But as, and I, and, and then we gathered together. I gathered everyone together after the surprise. And I was listing out all the lies that happened throughout the day. <laughs> and I finally came back down and been like, all right, Sharon, there is one last lie I need to absolve. I do have the real ring. And I proposed a second time <laughs> with the real ring. Boom, in front of family and friends. Yeah. <laughs> that's exciting. Um, so pretty much that's, uh, that's pretty much how it went. Um, you can read our story on our wedding website mm-hmm. more. Oh, that's oh big, she has the ring. Look at Sharon showing the ring, showing it off. That's it's orange. The, that's the that's her favorite color. I, I remember. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much that. I, yeah, it, it, it ended awesome. up turning out well. Thank you. I love. I guess that's the one time I made her cry. Um, all right. You guys heard that once, but <laughs> I always like to hear both sides. <laughs> Sharon. I want to, if you're able, what was going through your mind when you, there's no pumpkin carving or what was going on all the way up to, you said, I do have the ring. I mean, it doesn't have to be long, but. I was so sad. <laughs> <laughs> when he was like, so I really wanted to go pumpkin carving. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, no, we're really busy that day. And then I was super frustrated because I was like, the one time I want to do something, you can't do it with me. <laughs> Ooh. You don't care about me. Ooh. Double. Double. <laughs> and then I got super upset and I cried. Well, I hid in the bathroom and then I cried. And then uh, I came out and he was like, were you crying? <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so in conflict if I was in gay shoes. Like, dang it. <laughs> I mean, but it was fine. It changed, and then, yeah, I was very oblivious that day or the day he was planning on proposing. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally fell for all the lies. Are you gullible, <laughs> Gabe? Would you think Sharon's gullible, or Garen, uh, Sharon? Do you think you're gullible? <laughs> Am I? <laughs> you answered that one. I'm not answering that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wise answer. <laughs> I think I am very easy to trick. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, when my sister said she was coming down for an interview, I had the fleeting thought. I was like, is she lying to me? Is she coming down to, like, witness a proposal? Oh, so there was an inclination. But there were so many other lies from so many other people that, like, I was convinced otherwise. Mm. And then, yeah, the whole driving thing happened. Opening the trunk happened. And then... When he first said that he sent back the ring, I was like, what? <laughs> no. Believe <laughs> um, <clears throat> him, though. Believe him. Yeah, and then, and then, yeah, he proposed with a fake ring, and I was low-key disappointed. <laughs> oh. But you had to smile for the photo op, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, <laughs> it was, I mean, it was very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Like he he purchased all the materials himself, and he, like he he braided the copper wires himself. Wow, he very like intentionally picked an orange gemstone, and then hot glued it on. Okay, so when he opened the ring box to propose, I was like, "Oh, I see all the hot glue cobwebs." So that's why I was a little disappointed. I'm like, how long do I have to wear this for? Because I was afraid it would break. <laughs> oh, well, to do it DIY, DIY ring. But don't worry. He said he made four of them. <laughs> <laughs> backup. I didn't you have a backup plan. Dude, wow. <laughs> that, I learned that. That's new. That was new right there. I didn't know that. Yeah, so, I mean, it, the whole thing was very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Was very thoughtful. Uh, oh, that's good. And then when he finally proposed with the real real ring, what was in your mind? Do you remember? Like, was it just like a flush of emotions or? Um, I was surprised. I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Thank you, Sharon. I always, I always like to hear both sides and I hopefully the audience enjoyed that. All right. I guess the last question I have is, is, Oh, in regards towards relationship and dating, because you guys, um, Gabe, you are towards the marriage. One person asked, what do you think are appropriate physical boundaries in a relationship, hand-holding, cuddling, kissing? I mean, uh, your take on that. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, mm-hmm. the, the, the stronger the boundaries are, um, I guess the more conservative the boundaries are, the better. Um, that's generally speaking, uh, it's, it's always matters about the heart, right? And it's matters about the heart, not just for each other, but for the sake of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where I'll go back to first Corinthians chapter seven, verse 36, the, the passage that was quoted when I was talking about why we want to get married sooner. Um, First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 36 says, If anyone thinks that he is not behaving properly towards his betrothed, meaning his um, engaged, mm-hmm. um, if his passions are strong and it has to be, let him do as he wishes. Let them marry. It is no sin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we look at this passage and, and it pretty much provides a wisdom guideline. Um, I won't say it's a rule because I think circumstances do matter, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but it does provide a wisdom guideline for us to say that it is better to get married sooner than later. And the reason why is because of sin. 
because of the passions in us that the more time we spend together with two people who are committed to each other, the, more, the closer they want to get. And, and while we stress the importance of close, being close, you know, in communication and emotions, uh-huh. um, we, we have to be always wary, um, never to separate the physical body from our souls and from our hearts and from our minds. Um, everything is always intertwined together and connected. That the way God created us is a complex being. Um, and, and so when, when, we're, when you get closer emotionally, you will want to get closer physically. Um, and, and therefore, it's just going to get harder and harder. And you will be tempted more and more so to sin. And, and, and again, it's not about each other, which, which yes, you're going to hurt each other if you guys sin. And, um, but it's always about God. How are you going to stay pure before God? Um, and, and, and that's why um, I recommend strong boundaries. I recommend talking about timeline so you have c- proper expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I recommend strong accountability. Um, so I, I think what were some, some of the listed questions, some of the listed boundaries was like, when, like you know, it's, it's like holding hands okay, yeah, hugging holding okay. hands, cuddling, and kissing. I mean, yeah, so, more if you want, but those are the three. So again, I, there's, there's, there's like, I can't give a hard and fast rule, right? Um, scripture right. doesn't give one, so I can't give one. I can tell you what Sharon and I did. Um, yeah, we that, pretty much decided not to kiss until we we're married. Like we want our first kiss to be at the altar. Um, so that was one rule set in place early on. Um, the other thing that we pretty much had was like, I, you know, I, I think we didn't really hug or cuddle too much. Um, and when I say too much, like it maybe happened like once. And then I was like, you know what? I, I just don't, I, I think it's better not to. Um, and I just noticed because of my own heart, I felt tugs and it wasn't like, and, and, and it's just like, I, I just wanted to be careful. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, and so we, we were just then cautious around that. But the fact that we really had this strong boundary of like no kiss until the altar, like help establish that really strong um, framework and around that we, we were just we were just being wary about who we are how our hearts were and, mm-hmm. and and just being very discerning about the situation um yeah and so things like that um you know I've, i had other rules that i put in place before my you know previous relationships mm-hmm. i remember you know calling people if i was at someone's if i was at my at someone's at a girl's house um pick them up and and i just want to say hey just make sure i leave the house by this time you know and call mm-hmm. me at this time and stuff like that so i i had like other things like that that you can put in place mm-hmm. in okay. um yeah so oh that's good um if it's okay, i don't know uh for for this one um because you said you established it with sharon uh for sharon i don't know for you or at least for your side uh when you guys were talking it with gabe was it did you see things differently from his point of view or uh, was it established or for the most part, you guys were on the same page if you could share for that. Um, I think we agreed or yeah, I was on board with everything he said. That's good. Yeah. So, um, this is again, um, Gabe's, uh, sharing for this, for that. If you have definitely more questions or things regards, um, 
you can definitely ask him in person. I cannot share it. Uh, but at least for the time, I want to be mindful and respect for it. Uh, but with that, there were so many other questions we couldn't get to. Um, darn it. Uh, but we have been speaking for almost almost two hours. Oh, no. Like, I, I came up a little bit early. Around an hour and a half. So it's around 9, 10. But, but don't leave. Uh, we need your help. Chris Louie is testing a new chat server thing right after. So after, um, if, yeah, Dave can pray for us. After, after that, uh, we're all going to transition over. Uh, Chris is going to send a link and to test it so that we can use for future in-transit stuff. Uh, so we won't be using Zoom. We'll be using uh, Jitsi or J Jitsi, uh, that, that platform. So with that, uh, don't leave after the prayer. Chris is going to help us out. Uh, but yeah, Gabe, you can pray us off. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but before I pray, I, I do. I was just looking over the questions again, especially some of the theological ones. Um, yeah. And I think I have one thing I want to share that covers a few things. Um, yeah, sure. So um, one of the questions asked was, you know, what's, what was, what's one doctrine that we think we don't understand as much or misunderstand? That will be beneficial to us. Another question is one book that we can read right now while we're on quarantine. I think yeah. what, um, one book that I have in mind right now is uh, it's called What is the Mission of the Church by Kevin DeYoung. Mm -hmm. um, and while this book kind of addresses the issue of like social justice and stuff like that, I, I think it does provide, at, towards the second half of that book, it does provide a good um, ecclesiology, meaning theology of the church. And I think during this time, while we're while we're trying to figure out, you know, how to do church and community, when we do come back and the ministries restart, I think it's a good time to actually reevaluate what the mission of the church is. Um, and I think that's something that we can really use a stronger theology of. Like, why are we here? Uh -huh. Why is the church here on this earth? Okay. Um, with that, let me just go ahead and close in prayer. And I think we're still doing this. Yeah, we're still going to do that. But yeah, if possible, if you can show your face, I would love to see like all of us as a, as a body to show your face. And because I'm also going to take a photo. So it's kind of weird if we just see names. But if we actually see faces, I think that's a very beautiful photo. So if you can, if you're comfortable, please, I encourage you just, just, just for this moment, just turn on your camera. There we go. I see. I see your beautiful faces. There we go. That's how we do it. Okay. Again, you can pray us, and I'll take the photo. Okay, I'll pray. Uh, Father, I thank you for this time. We build gather together, and um, yeah, and I guess for people to the grill me with questions. Um, mm -hmm. And so, Lord, uh, thank you, God, for your word that continues to inform us and continues to guide us, uh, especially during this time. Mm -hmm. um, and Lord, I ask Father that we continue to cling on to your word. Um, that we may continue to regard your word as truth and that we may be sanctified by it. And so, Lord, I, I ask God and you for you to continue to be um, just uh, walking with us, comforting us, and, and really helping us grow, Lord, during this time. Mm -hmm. To grow in our holiness, to grow in our walks with you, to grow in our love for one another. Mm -hmm. um, God, may we continue to draw closer to you. So thank you for everyone who's here. Um, be with us all. Praise all his name. Amen. Amen.